Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're thrilled to have Nisha Vora joining us. Nisha is a plant-based chef, food blogger, and author of the cookbook, The Vegan Instant Pot Cookbook. With a passion for healthy and delicious meals, Nisha has built a loyal following on social media and her website and YouTube channel, Rainbow Plant Life, where she shares her insights on plant-based cooking and tips for creating flavorful meals to an audience of over 1 million subscribers. Welcome to the podcast, Nisha. Thanks so much for having me, Laren. It's so good to chat with you. And I don't know if you know this, but I always start by asking, what's the first thing you ever cooked and about how old were you? Oh, gosh. I don't know about the specifics, but I started cooking about 14 years old. And it was very basic stuff, probably like a fajita or like a burrito, nothing nothing fancy. But I started uh, when I was 14 years old, and it quickly became a, a passion of mine. So could you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and what life looked like before you embraced vegan cooking and your path to culinary as well? Sure. Yeah. So I used to be a lawyer, (laughs) very different (laughs) career path. I had always been very kind of bookish and really interested in becoming a professional. I'm using air quotes for folks listening. I grew up with parents from who grew up in India. So education was like the forefront of our upbringing. And I don't say that in a bad way. Like I loved it. I loved going to school. I loved learning. And I went to university. I was like, I know I want to be a lawyer. I went straight to law school, loved law school, loved the academic environment. And then when I got time to practice law, I was like, oh no, this is different. (laughs) And I hate it. And so I practiced two different types of law in the corporate sector and in the public sector. And I felt anxious all the time, really felt disillusioned by the practice of law and by like the legal system here in the United States for many reasons and just was waking up unhappy every day. And so I knew that like I needed to make a change. And during my second job when I was working in the public sector, I had more free time. And so I was just getting back into cooking, which I had always loved. And I started to just post the foods that I was making on Instagram. And I believe I went vegetarian around the same time and then went vegan shortly after that. And so I was just like excited by this new way of, of cooking and, and, and eating and living. And so I was just posting it to Instagram and it kind of took off. And I used that basically as a, as an, as a jumping point to find a new career. And so I started building rainbow plant life on the side while I um, started working at a food startup, a vegan food startup in New York city, doing social media, food photography, recipe development, all the different kinds of things. So that's the career side. And then on the food side, yeah, I went vegan around the same time in 2016. Initially, I think just stopped eating meat and became vegetarian because I found that when I when I ate meat, I was just feeling a little heavy and weighed down and kind of sluggish. And so I started feeling more energized and that was exciting. And then I was like, you know, I've been hearing lots of folks talk about going vegan on, on the internet. Like I want to maybe try it. I've heard it's better for you, for your health but I just didn't have a strong enough reason. Like I loved cheese. I loved ice cream. I lived in New York city. So like New York city pizza was like a, just a staple in my diet. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to give this up. But then I started to get curious about where my food was coming from. And I spent like, I don't know, a few nights watching like a bunch of different documentaries. I just went down this rabbit hole and I just saw kind of the effects of factory farming on animals and on the on the planet. And I was like, well, that was a lot of information. And it was really hard to look away from that. And, and so that was what, you know, made me vegan. And I think initially, I, I did do it for ethical reasons. And I'm still vegan for ethical reasons. But it just opened up this entirely new way of cooking that for me was so exciting and so different. And I 
I found that going vegan just made me so much of a better and more creative cook. And that was not a benefit I expected. I thought I was going to be eating this like restrictive, boring diet. And it was it was ex- exactly the opposite. It's interesting that you say that it kind of opened up your your culinary prowess because I, I feel like we kind of my family and I kind of went down that same similar rabbit hole, but also health reasons we wanted to explore a vegan diet. So we kind of had a couple of years where we had some vegan eaters in our family and then maybe the whole family at the same time. And for me, it challenged me to cook in a different way, um, not drastic as drastically different as I thought it would be, but enough that it has, even now we've relaxed things and you know, not everyone is vegan anymore. I do feel like it has affected the way I cook. Um, and I think that's so interesting how that experience can can shape you in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So a career in law may be the antithesis to one in food, but <laughs> do you feel like there's anything that has transferred over that helps you in your work now? Actually, yes. So I, I agree. It seems like how, how would you use any skills from 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 law school or being a lawyer, but I think that it really honed my kind of analytical skills and also like just my writing skills and my approach to just creation. So I think a lot of people have this perception that chefs, you know, come up with these brilliant ideas on the spot. And then it's almost like an, like a painter, you just like throw it on the canvas. And then there's just like this beautiful, delicious thing that happens. And I'm sure there are some folks like that. But for me, my recipe development process is actually very meticulous. And I kind of treat it in the same way that I would have, you know, some sort of law school assignment. Like I do a ton of research. I do a lot, a lot of testing until it's basically perfect. And I you know, review lots of sources on the internet, especially if it's a recipe that's from a different cuisine that I'm not as familiar with. And so I'm just being very like fastidious and meticulous. And in the testing process, like if test one is horrible, like then I try to isolate, like what were all the different things that could have gone wrong? And if test four is good, but there's like a couple things I want to change, like I'll try to isolate that and figure out like, okay, was it the amount of flour? Was it the type of sugar? You know, like just these different variables. And so I approach it from a very meticulous lens. And I think also, you know, having been a lawyer, it makes you a better writer. And so that, you know, obviously helps when you're writing content for, uh, a food blog or or social media, just able to c- communicate, you know, very clearly. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you have to have an analytical mind in both disciplines. It probably doesn't hurt that you can read your own contracts when working with brands. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> or <know>. book publishers. <laughs> you don't. Luckily, That's- I have my my partner who also went to law school. He handles those. I do not find those interesting to read. So, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> There's a select few, and and it's a good thing they're lawyers because you know no one else <laughs> wants to do it. Well, we need that. We need that in the world. So yay for them. Um, I have to touch upon your parents. I love that they make appearances on your YouTube channel. And I love their personalities and the way you guys play off of each other. It's just a lot of fun to watch. So how did they feel about you embracing a career in food, leaving law school behind? Yeah, not great in the beginning. Like, yeah, as I mentioned, they're immigrants from India and our whole lives, you know, education was just this was at the forefront and they worked so hard and sacrificed so much so that I could like basically get myself to Harvard Law School and graduate and all those things. And so they were definitely disappointed, but more I think more than disappointed, confused. Like I think they saw me as someone who was like, she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life and she's confused. And so they were just really worried that I was not in a good place, even though I tried to 
assure them that, you know, like I'm doing this because I think it's going to bring me a lot of happiness. And once they started to see that it was bringing me happiness and that I could also make a living out of it, you know, it took a couple years for that, for that to all come together where I was feeling happy. I was feeling fulfilled and I was making money. And so once they started to see, oh, like she's not only self-sufficient, but she's so much happier than before, then it was like an immediate, like, well, of course this is great. Like, of course, like we're happy for you. That's really all they want is to see me happy and to see me like thrive and do well. And, and so I think once I was able to like bring that all together, it was like, oh, well, of course. So that's, that's been really nice because now they're my biggest fans and you see them on the channel and they're so supportive and they're like really genuinely excited by the work I do. Yeah, they're super cute. <clears throat> Are they eating vegan now or is it just when they come to your place? Well, they're vegetarian. They've been vegetarian the whole, oh, okay. their whole lives. So they naturally eat a lot of vegan stuff at home with home cooked Indian food. The things that they eat that are not vegan are usually like yogurt because there's yogurt in a lot of Indian foods, sometimes eggs. But like in general, they're eating like a very, very plant-based, you know, Indian diet. But yeah. So your book, The Vegan Instant Pot Cookbook, I've been pouring through it this week. Mm -hmm. um, it has so many wonderful recipes for eaters of all types. But let's talk for a moment about pressure cookers and instant pots. And I love how in the book you describe the old school pressure cooker, which is what I grew up hearing, yeah. <laughs> that really sharp whistle in the kitchen. It's very tedious. So what is it though about instant pots and pressure cookers in general that can make vegan cooking better? I think the biggest value of an instant pot is is convenience. And I know like so many folks are busy and maybe working two jobs or working and raising children and, you know, or going through grad school, you know, it's just like a variety of different lifestyles that make it difficult to like spend an hour in the kitchen. Even if that's maybe something you enjoy, you probably don't get to do as much as you'd like to. And I think the instant pot is just so fabulous because it's this tool that allows you to multitask and allows you to kind of put your food in there and then go do something else with your life. So like if you make a stew, for instance, you can let it cook in the instant pot for 30, 45 minutes, whatever it needs to come to pressure and to cook and then to depressurize. And maybe that's the only 30 minutes you have in your day to exercise or to the 30 minutes that you spend time to like, you know, put your kid to sleep. You know, there's just, it gives you back these little pockets of time that if you're if you're cooking on the stove, you kind of have to be present and you can't really leave the kitchen. I think for vegan food, there's so many like comforting stews and curries and chilies that you can make in the Instant Pot that are so good for like hearty fare that, you know, I think when people think of a vegan diet, they're thinking like, oh, salads and oatmeals and smoothies and things that aren't like substantial. But I think the Instant Pot is great for making those really like bulky, hearty, like comfort foods that you know, will nourish you and make you feel full. And it's really easy to do them in an instant pot. Yeah. And speaking of Indian food, what were maybe some, I don't know if there were any challenges, but were there any challenges translating some of your childhood favorites into, you know, a veganized version? So what I'll say is actually going vegan made me fall in love with Indian food more and like brought me closer to it because I just... I knew that there were so many naturally plant-based Indian foods or, you know, even if they were vegetarian, like it felt like easy to like explore them more in a way than like, I don't know, American food was just like so meat and dairy heavy. And so I feel like actually I started to fall in love with Indian food more and started to explore more. Like how can I like recreate these in a way that that is 100% vegan? And so 
honestly, it's not that difficult for most things, especially because most of my favorite Indian foods growing up were not like the huge meat heavy ones. And so mm-hmm. I found like, for instance, that that like creamy curries that are common in, in, in North India, and we don't call them curries in India, but like just so people understand the kinds of dishes we're talking about, like the rich, thick gravies that you might get at a Indian, North Indian restaurant. Like I found that cashew cream and coconut milk work great as substitutes. And most folks can't tell the difference um, because there's so many spices layered in there that you don't taste the difference. And for something like paneer, which is an Indian cheese, I found that boiling tofu in salted water really mimics the texture very, very well. And I've had a lot of Indian followers of mine be like, I can't believe this isn't paneer. It's like so similar. And it's such an easy substitute. It's wholesome. It's delicious. It's got this neutral flavor that really works well with Indian food that it can carry those flavors. You know, it hasn't been difficult. You know, for me personally, I never like loved, loved meat growing up. It wasn't like a staple in my household because my parents were vegetarian. And so I really only ate it like at parties or restaurants. But I think that Indian cuisine in general, one is so diverse, but it's so plant friendly. And so it's been really fun to explore it it more, more like I explore it more and more the, the longer I've been vegan. That's so cool. And I cannot wait to try your version of paneer because that is one of my favorite things ever. But I feel like as I get older, I have this intolerance to dairy, which is so much fun. (laughs) But um, I will make an exception for paneer and I will take a lactate pill for that. But I think knowing that there's a version made with tofu makes it super exciting for me. Your book clearly obviously doesn't have just Indian food, has all kinds of food and including desserts. And what I think is so exciting is a lot of people don't think about their Instant Pot and making desserts. So what are some of your favorites to make in the Instant Pot? So I think it really depends on the season. I love to make desserts seasonally. So if summer fruits are in season, I love to use those. So there's a couple recipes in the book that use like berries or stone fruit. I think one benefit of using the Instant Pot for desserts is if in the summer you don't want to turn on your oven if it's really hot and sweltering and the Instant Pot doesn't generate any heat. So that's a, it's a great option. I think another really great time to use your Instant Pot for making desserts is around the holidays when oven space can be at a premium. Like everyone's trying to put something in the oven and there's no space for you to put your cake or your pie. And um, if you can get like a cake pan that fits the Instant Pot, like that just sits off to the side and nobody needs to, to you know, you're not in anybody's way. I think one of my favorites in the book is the Thai mango sticky rice. I, when I did a backpacking trip many years ago, I spent a month in Thailand, which is the best food in the world. And we would eat so much Thai mango sticky rice. And so there's a easier streamlined version of that in the, in the, in the book that used the instant pot, which is really fun. Oh, one of my favorites. I actually made some last week. Now I have to try your version and I'm not complaining. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of like let's say a beginner or maybe even an advanced vegan cook, where do you think they should start um, in your book? Something to kind of give them a little jump start if they're feeling a little intimidated. Yeah. So if you're a beginner to vegan cooking, I think a really easy place to start is like soups and stews. Like most people have made a soup or a stew before, and it's not that much different when you do it with a vegan with vegan ingredients. It's probably easier because you don't have to worry if like the meat's cooked through or if it's the right texture. And so there's a whole chapter 
I think it's chapter six. It's Sue's stoops, stoops, <laughs> stews, <laughs> soups, and curries. And I think those are so easy, especially when you make them in the instant pot. You don't have to like have advanced culinary knowledge to do that. I think if you're someone who's a little more advanced in terms of vegan cooking, I would try something like the tofu tikka masala. It's got tofu and cauliflower, so it's very hearty. And the tofu, when it gets cooked in the instant pot, it kind of becomes like really like almost again, like almost like paneer. It gets this like a little bit of a chewiness. It, it doesn't taste like raw, soft tofu and you get all the spices in there. So I think that's a really fun one for someone who's a little more advanced in their cooking repertoire. I have to confess, I already have that one bookmarked. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to try that out. Um, last night, I kind of went down a rabbit hole on your YouTube channel because funny enough, I was watching your video on like you know, ways to stay energized. I forget the title exactly. Um, Simple Habits for Limitless Energy, I think. Yes. And ironically, I was up late because we have a new puppy and (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting sleep. So anyway, I was watching it and I thought that was great. Do you feel as though your vegan, I guess I'm going to call it lifestyle, has lent itself into more of like like a holistic lifestyle shift for yourself? Yeah. I mean, specifically on energy, like I know sometimes I get questions like, how do you have so much energy to do all the things you do? And, you know, part of it is I love what I do. And so that is, you know, a separate point. But honestly, some of it is because like I just got so much energy when I went vegan. I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel energized in the morning in a way that I didn't before. I feel energized in the afternoon in a way I certainly didn't feel before. But yeah, I think holistically for me in particular, because I went vegan for ethical reasons, I feel like I am just so much more joyful. I feel aligned with my values and my ethics of, you know, compassion and nonviolence and things like that. And I feel like I'm able to live my life very authentically because I am vegan. And I feel, I don't, I just feel like a lot of joy. It's hard to explain. And I think if you talk to other vegans, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. It's just this thing where you, you just feel you just feel better and happier. And, and of course, everyone has a different experience, but mine has just been that it's brought me joy and it's brought me more in line with my purpose in life. Mm, I love that. So I know that you've mentioned that your boyfriend, Max, helps um, on the YouTube channel and I guess behind the scenes as well. So I'm guessing, was he always vegan or how did that play so out Max with you, isn't, you guys? isn't vegan. He ah. does primarily eat vegan because I cook everything we make at home is vegan and there's just always a lot of delicious food, but he's not, he doesn't like, a, he doesn't have a strict diet or a strict lifestyle. Um, but I would say that before I went vegan, he would eat meat like at every single meal. And now he probably mm-hmm. eats it once a week. So that's been a huge shift in his life and in like our life together, which has been really great. Mm, how is it working together? I think that's always very challenging to work with a partner professionally as well as personally. Yeah, it's overall great. He brings something very different to the business that I don't, which is he likes doing a lot of the strategy and the operations and like the analytical stuff, which again, I have the analytical background, but when I'm in like creative creator mode, like trying to be creative, like I don't want to think about that stuff. It's like a very different hat to wear. And so he brings a lot of stuff to the table that I either don't have the skill set to do or don't want to do. So like, I find it draining to look at analytics because I feel like it takes away the joy of creating. And I like to focus on the process and, you know, connecting with my community. And so it's so nice to have someone who not only finds that stuff interesting, but can do it in a way that like 
allows me to be creative and not feel like pressured or stressed by numbers. You know, there, there of course are the days where we like don't see eye to eye on things and that can, you have to like, remember this is about a specific business issue. This is not about your relationship. And so I think like the thing we're, we're struggling with sometimes and that we're trying to work on is just like creating more boundaries. Like we need to like sometimes turn work off and that can be hard when you live with someone and you work with them and they're your partner in both life and business. So it can be challenging, but overall, I think it works pretty well for us. Whatever you're doing is awesome. I think that's great. I do know that, you know, creating those boundaries can be so difficult, which is why I will never work with my husband <laughs> in my business. But um, at the same time, like I know what I know where our boundaries stand, but I think that's great that you are able to make that work and that you are, you have some help, which is great. So you can focus on the creative part of your business. So speaking of creative things, you've written this book. It sounds like you have another one on the way. Yes. So I submitted the manuscript for my second book this earlier this year. Well, short, long story short, I submitted it last year. It was too long. I wrote too much of a book. So then I submitted <laughs> it this year or earlier this year, like more streamlined. So it should be out next year. I don't know the exact timeline because it's kind of in the early stages of the production and editing process. But yeah, I'm really excited about this one. It's just my approach to vegan cooking in one big book. That's what I would wow. say. <laughs> Well, will you come back and talk to us about that then? Definitely, when it comes yes, out? of course. That would be yes. so awesome. Okay, so before I let you go, I've got some quick closing questions. Sure. Um, what's something that you make when you're too tired to cook and you need an emergency go-to meal? Oh, that's a good one. I feel like there's always leftovers in my fridge because we're recipe testing so much. So I usually have some sort of condiment, like it could be Anything from pesto to tzatziki to beet hummus to, you know, yogurt sauce, literally like so many different things. Um, and so usually if I have if I have no energy to do anything, I will take that condiment, I'll spread it on some good bakery bread, which I usually have, and then just like add some sort of protein that I have. Like maybe it's just some store-bought roasted chickpeas, maybe it's some leftover tofu, and I'll just make like an open face sandwich. But it's delicious because I already have some of those things in my pantry and fridge. And that's, yeah, a big benefit of always having food in the <laughs> around yeah. is that I don't have to like do a lot of actual cooking for dinner. Yeah. That's actually like my favorite way to have lunch. Just slather on yeah. whatever I've got and add a couple of pieces of chickpea or avocado and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the one recipe that you treasure the most? That's a really hard question. Uh, I'm going to say my dal makhni recipe, which is a rich northern Indian style dal that's slow simmered and just really creamy and velvety. And the reason I say that is because the first time my parents tried it, they had this look on their face like, our daughter has learned in Indian cooking. My dad, I think, said like, oh, you've learned the masala, like, which is basically like you've learned how to really use the spices and the aromatics. And that was just like a really sweet moment for me. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Oh, that's a good memory. I love that. <laughs> Are you a messy cook or a neat cook? I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I like to tidy up as I go, but I'm not a stickler about it. I do like to do like a mise en place to keep things, you know, just... I don't like to be scatterbrained. I would say I'm an organized cook more than a neat cook. Like I just try to make it efficient. Mm, that is a very good distinction. <laughs> What's a good kitchen tip that you can share with everyone? Ooh, I mean, so many. Like, <laughs> <there's> so many. <laughs> I would say if you are using lemon, 
like lemon juice for a recipe, you're probably going to make it taste better if you also use some of the zest. So get a microplane and, you know, start using lemon zest. It's great in salads. It's great in dressings and sauces. It's great in desserts. It's great. Just zest it over roasted vegetables or pasta. Like I feel like you can almost always make a dish better if it calls for lemon juice by adding a little bit of zest. Oh, great tip. Very true. And a lot of the flavor is in the zest anyway. I think sometimes, you know, more than, especially in baking, you know? Yeah. So it's very concentrated, like mm-hmm. floral, but not like so high acid in the way the juice is. It's great. Yeah. So um, every week I try to share five little things with my audience, something that made me smile. Is there anything that made you smile this week? Yes. So I've been going um, really long walks lately, right first thing in the morning. And yesterday the moon was just enormous. It was glowing and it was so big. I felt like I could reach it. And I just stopped to like pause and just really just enjoy it and like experience awe. And I think that going on walks in the morning or like right before sunset, I I just feel that kind of sense of awe for nature every day that I get to do it. And so that's just a really nice thing that brings me joy on a regular basis. Oh, that's true. The moon has been beautiful. It's so nice when it's that big. Well, Nisha, I'm so excited that I got a chance to talk to you. Where can everyone find you, your book, your future book, all the information? (laughs) Sure. So my website is rainbowplantlife.com and that's where you will find all of my recipes in printable form with like lots of tips and um, helpful notes when you cook a recipe. If you want to watch my YouTube videos where I share like how to cook, recipes, but also like kind of the science and the why and the how behind cooking and cooking tips. Like I was struggling to give you one because I share them all the time. I was like, oh, which one do I choose? So <laughs> all of that to my is channel. on YouTube, <laughs> YouTube uh, Rainbow Plant Life, Instagram, Rainbow Plant Life. And then if you're curious to learn more about my book, if you go to my website, there's like a cookbook tab. You can read more about it. The easiest place, honestly, to buy it is probably Amazon. If you don't want to shop on Amazon, I would call your bookstore to ask them to order it just because the book is four years old at this point. So they might not have it in stock there, but usually bookstores are very happy to order a book if you ask for it. So yeah, you can you can do it that way if you want. Well, it was so great to chat with you to finally meet you. And I cannot wait for your new book. And obviously I'm going to be cooking from this because there's so many recipes that I can't wait to tackle. So thanks for spending a little bit of your Friday with me. Yes. It was nice to be here, Lauren. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Nisha for joining us today. I will be dusting off my pressure cooker to try her tofu cauliflower tikka masala and blackberry and Meyer lemon bread pudding. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. Happy cooking.